so now mm-hmm. I think we can talk about Volodymyr Zelensky a little more and the kind of yeah. milieu that he emerged from. And God, I mean, I, I thought that the Del Close deep dive, you know, turned over some rocks about the mysterious influence, the power of a comedy cartel. But it turns out that is nothing uh, compared to Quartel 95 and the heights that they've achieved going from a humble little comedy troupe um, yeah, and to running Ukraine. Yeah, he came out of like the Soviet, like the, you know, the, uh, what developed during the Soviet Union, the sort of uh, comedy group that, or the comedy festival that they have. What is it called? Yes, KBN? I forgot. I forget what it is. Uh, it actually is yeah, interesting. KBN. It's kind of like the, the Soviets were actually uh, embracing the idea of comedy sports um, right, in yes. the competitive format. Mm-hmm. Good on uh, good on them, but and I guess it did have unintended Zelensky's consequences. Network, yeah, Zelensky's network grew out of like his KVN team, which yeah, is like kind of a comedy sports thing. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. sketch comedy, I think. Um, yeah. And then he moved on to like producing things. He starred in a few movies like Love in the Big City and... Zhevsky versus Napoleon. He also recorded the voice of Paddington Bear in the Ukrainian dubbing of Paddington and Paddington 2. Awesome. <laughs> um, and so he he climbed up pretty high on the TV channel Inter from 2010 to 2012. Yeah. So he was a member of the board and uh, a general producer. And that was actually, we get into kind of these like subterranean uh, like oligarch wars because you have one plus one which is basically kolomoisky's channel right mm-hmm. which Zelensky moves to like in the early 2010s but then you also have inter which is basically run by the holding company's gdf media limited but i believe the oligarch running that one is dimitro Fertash, mm. who is often alleged at being like more of a russian a pro-russian ukrainian oligarch mm-hmm. right yeah, so yeah, he, I didn't read too much about him uh, for Tash. Yeah, but. so basically he is uh, he runs the Group DF, which is like his epic like holding company. And um, he was very influential in the Yushchenko administration and the Yanukovych administration. He was a middleman for Gazprom, for Russia's you know gas company, and had connections to the Kremlin um, and allegedly funneled money into the campaigns of pro-Russia politicians in Ukraine. And uh, interesting, even on his Wikipedia here, this is a name that's going to pop up. And I think we talked about it before recording, but this guy, very mysterious figure. Uh, it says Furtosh obtained his position with the agreement of Russian pre- president, uh, Russian president Vladimir Putin. And according to Furtosh, Russian organized crime boss Semyon Mogilevich. Now, Semyon Mogilevich is a really interesting shadowy figure. He's Ukraine. He's Jewish Ukrainian, but is based in Moscow allegedly these days, and is sort of regarded as like the boss of bosses of like all Russian mafia syndicates in the world. To the extent that I don't know if that's like a kind of an overblown thing or a mischaracterization. He's somebody that like has been chased by many different governments around the world for all kinds of like massive criminal conspiracies and things like that. And he seems to be somewhat under the protection of Vladimir Putin. And, you know, the the mafia in Ukraine is a really interesting thing too. There's also the Odessa mafia, which had its real, had a real heyday in the 1990s. 
and I'm going to be talking about them later, actually, in a later episode of Demon Forces, because wouldn't you know, the Ukrainian mafia, some of them became very big arms dealers uh, for various conflicts in mm. like Yugoslavia and West Africa in the 1990s. So that's interesting. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so it seems like maybe, uh, ironically, it makes me think of like the the Zio or the Sido, um, like Sido Banderites versus like Sido oh, Muscovites. Yeah, the, the Zido, yeah. Yeah, the, Zido, the, exactly. The, like Zido, maybe there's a yeah. grain of truth to that because there does seem to be this fault line between like shady mafioso Ukrainian Jewish uh, oligarchs that are more Western oriented and then Ukrainian Jewish uh, oligarchs that are more allied with Russia and they seem to yeah. sometimes there seems to be almost like a cowboy Yankee like oligarch conflict between the two over who gets to control more of Ukraine and along with that they're their kind of patrons and I mean I think Zido Banderite it does kind of accurately describe a certain phenomenon there where you yeah. have people like well, Kolomoisky like bankrolling the Nazis What's Zelensky that? himself he had to like you know pin a medal on like some far right leader i forget who it was but he kind of tried to stand up to them like in a very timid way but basically back down completely um interesting and he later and i did see a quote from Zelensky around 2019 where he described stepan bandera as a cool guy yeah exactly <laughs> um so in see, december 2012 he delivered a hero of ukraine award to the leader of right sector in a ceremony in ukraine's parliament so yeah. So there you go. I mean, if you think that's unthinkable and thus you're not willing to think about Nazis in Ukraine, like go go talk to your boy Volodymyr. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to, well, how to explain that. Yeah, the thing is that like he was kind of it's interesting. I, I want to kind of read from this Atlantic Council dot org article because I think this gives like such an interesting picture and like an alternative view of Zelensky from not too long ago, from September 23rd, 2020. Wow, and okay. yeah. I think it'll be quite interesting, like uh, for maybe people who are not familiar with Zelensky from anything but the current context, because uh, it was interesting for me. Yeah. So the title of the article is Zelensky, uh, you know, even using the two Ys, you know, back then, puts Ukraine's Euro-Atlantic future at risk. So he's putting this future at risk. Ukrainian President uh, Volodymyr Zelensky has begun the fall 2020 season with a series of scandals and negative headlines that reflect the increasingly grim outlook for a politician who just 18 months ago was hailed as the face of a new Ukraine. Zelensky promised to end an era of corruption stretching back to the dawn of Ukrainian independence. Instead, he stands accused of reversing the limited progress of recent years and opening the door to Russian revenge. So this is interesting because it's kind of like he's kind of like Putin's poodle, like in these uh, articles. It gets really yeah, crazy yeah. later on. Zelensky's declining fortunes are reflected in his polling numbers. A new survey conducted by Kiev's International Institute of Sociology in mid-September found the support for the Ukrainian leader has slumped by more than 10 percent over the past half year to reach 31.8 percent. This figure is still high for Ukrainian president in the second year of his first term, but the sharp downward trajectory is nevertheless cause for alarm. So they're doing a little bit of manifestation there, but uh, this is an interesting uh, little tidbit that comes in later on. You know, they talk about coronavirus as contributing to his thing. You know, meanwhile, Russian intransigence have prevented maybe had prevented any major breakthroughs towards peace in eastern Ukraine, despite Zelensky's unwillingness to make politically risky concessions towards the Kremlin. So. The most damaging development for the Ukrainian president in September was probably the release of a highly critical interview 
with Zelensky's former chief of staff, Andriy Bodan. His four-hour chat with the prominent Ukrainian journalist, Dmitry Gordon, was Bodan's first interview since his dismissal in 2020. So yeah, he was formerly Zelensky's chief of staff, and he used to be Kolomoski's lawyer. And there was a big controversy around him, actually, because he had previously served in like the uh, Azarov parliament. And that was that was the the interim like leader right after Maidan. Maidan? Um, I forget. No. Or was uh, it during Yanukovych? It was the Azarov government was like uh, probably named for the prime minister. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so it was actually under Yanukovych. So that was from 2010 to 2012 uh, that he was in the government, I think. Maybe he was in the second one. Let me, uh, I'll just look him up and see which one he was in because there were two Azarov governments. He worked as the government commissioner for anti-corruption policy from 2010 to 2014 of the Azarov government. Gotcha. Um, okay. And he so was yeah, deputy under, minister under of Yanukovych. justice. And there was, yeah. a, there was a ban that they passed that like anybody in the Yanukovych like government couldn't serve. Well, yeah, anyone connected with corruption like shouldn't be able to, right? So Zelensky's whole platform was based on like the corruption of Poroshenko in many ways. So he tried to even extend the lustration rule, which is very interestingly named the lustration rule to Poroshenko. But like basically it's like a general principle that, you know, you uh, can't work for. It was initiated under Poroshenko to apply to Yanukovych, but Mm -hmm. Zelensky wanted to expand it to people who served under Poroshenko. I see. Uh, or he proposed doing so anyway. Uh-huh. Obviously, he hasn't. But but then his anyway. chief of staff was somebody that would have been yeah, fired under that, and also was like Kolomoisky's lawyer. So a guy yeah. that probably knows where some bodies are buried. Right. So what he but what he said was very weird. So he said the former Zelensky intimate painted an alarming picture of a directionless presidency lacking leadership and dangerously compromised by the scheming of a Russia friendly inner circle. So, you know, maybe this guy is just out for revenge. Maybe he's pissed off. Maybe he's just like throwing smoke. But anyway, so he's, uh, he goes on. Bodan, and like some of the stuff is like pretty believable for like a former comedian with no real political experience. But Bodan portrayed Zelensky as a weak and thin-skinned leader with no stomach for negative news or unfavorable opinions. The most explosive revolutions in the interview included the accusation that Zelensky's team had entered into a secret agreement with Russia that included a commitment to purge the Ukrainian government of all pro-Western politicians. No. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, Zelensky, right? Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Very odd, right? Very um, odd. Yeah. So his allegations regarding the removal of Ukrainian politicians who backed the country's Euro-Atlantic integration has attracted particular attention as it appears to tally closely with the Zelensky administration's personnel choices over the past six months. Kind of weird. Since March 2020's uh, dismissal of largely Western-leading reformist government, numerous figures from the discredited regime of Viktor Yanukovych and Ukraine's previously marginalized pro-Kremlin camp have been appointed to senior posts. This trend continued in September with news that a lawyer with close ties to Putin's main Ukrainian ally, Viktor Medvedchuk, had been appointed as the country's new deputy prosecutor general. Trouble has also come within the ranks of Zelensky's own Servant of the People Party. In early September, Servant of the People MP uh, Gio Leros was expelled from the parliamentary faction. This is like the Yermak Gate thing. Uh, Following a highly critical speech in which he denounced Zelensky, for enabling the return to power of corrupt politicians ousted in 2014, right? Uh, fellow servant of the people MP, Alexander Yurchenko, 
added to the president's woes in mid-September when evidence was published implicating him in a bribery scandal. That is uh, Yurchenko, I, I assume, not not Zelensky, although he's kind of also implicated in a bunch of weird things like in the Pandora Papers. and Yeah, and yeah, that's but, that yeah. was an interesting one, too, that was kind of talked about when they came yeah. out. Uh, you know, this is part of a sequence by the ICIJ of like the Panama Papers and other things like that, which I, I honestly like I wasn't too into those because it felt like I mean, I'm sure I never found the website like super easy to like navigate. And it feels like the journalism that was spun out of it. You usually was like aimed mostly at like Russians, you know, like mm -hmm. to the extent that you heard about the Panama papers, the Pandora papers, it would, it would like emphasize how oh, all these Russian oligarchs are hiding their money in tax shelters overseas in the Caribbean, et cetera. But like when we went and looked through it, it turns out that like Zelensky caught a lot of flack during the Pandora yeah. Papers because... And his excuse was like, everyone does it. But he's not supposed to be just like everyone. He's, he's supposed, supposed to be special. Clean. He's supposed he's, to be a servant of the people. He is a servant yeah, exactly. of the people. Exactly. Yeah. And But like really when you kind of break it down, like uh, let me see if I can find... Yeah, Al Jazeera. This is from like six months ago. It was from October 2021. Al Jazeera says, Pandora's box may ruin Zelensky's chances for a second term. Network of offshore companies revealed by document leak threaten the Ukrainian president's political future, analysts say. Yeah, so, it's funny because like a lot of these articles have that same kind of like wish manifesting tone that you see like now where it's like the ghost of Kiev has down like 30 Russian <laughs> megs in like two seconds. You know, it's like <laughs> Zelensky's done. He's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's very like they they hate him. It's weird, you know. But, yeah. yeah. So I guess there is an investigative website called Slitstvo.info which is probably just like Russian disinformation. But, you know, they were it's actually Al Jazeera says there are a group of Ukraine's leading investigative reporters blew the lid open. Oh, yeah. Alabutsko was a Ukrainian. They, they just talked to you for this. And she said those reports finally opened her eyes. I was duped. We were all duped. I'm not voting for him again. No. So I know. Right. So. Uh, yeah, so the Pandora Papers were a trove of millions of documents from 14 offshore service providers leaked to the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists and its partners, including Slidstvo.info. Okay, so they're probably not a Russian op if they're connected to the ICAJ. The story detailed how Zelensky and his partners launched a network of offshore companies in the British Virgin Islands, Belize, and Cyprus. The companies date back to at least 2012, the year that Kvartal 95, that means district, by the way, um, District mm -hmm. 95, mm -hmm. the year Kvartal 95 went big in Ukraine with regular shows on a TV channel owned by Ihor Kolomoisky, a Ukrainian oligarch sanctioned in the US and the EU for alleged multi-billion dollar fraud, the report claimed. Zelensky's business partners include Ivan Bakanov, current head of the SBU, Ukraine's main intelligence agency that often investigates corruption cases, and presidential aide Serhii Shafir, who administers the offshore companies but shares the profits with Zelensky's wife, the report claims. So, I mean, let's see if there's anything else juicy in this. Uh, yeah, and actually, they have a picture here of, like, the amount of politicians implicated in the Pandora Papers. Ukraine is well in the lead with 38 the next closest is Russia with 19. So, you know, it's like, uh, I guess he I guess he didn't clean up the uh, the servant of the no, people. No, he didn't. I mean, he, as you would kind of expect, like with a lot of this sort of populist politicians, they, you know, uh, 
often don't deliver, or they end up being assimilated by the machine in some way. For access to the full-length episode, subscribe to the Hour of Frequency at patreon.com slash subliminal jihad. Ассаламу алейкум, транзит Москва грозный Полумесяц в небе, разговор серьезный И этот бит колонки разносит на куски 24 на 7, Тимур Биноевский Кто не понял, тот поймет, не вопрос Кого бояться мне в лесу, если я борс? Какие бы удары судьба не наносила С братьями вперед, Ахмад сила да. И не случайно тогда сошли звезды Но к чему базар я отсродился Грозном. Теперь по жизни джиги делай красиво Ты слышишь, это Кавказ, Ахмад, сила